moving forward when I have my own children, of course, I'm thinking, why am I chopping up these grapes? You know, why do I need a stair gate on these stairs? And that kind of led me down this path of becoming a first aid trainer, a teacher, giving parents these life-saving skills. So, so that's kind of where it all started happening. This is Sammy Davies, a first aid trainer who is passionate about helping parents to be prepared for any emergency. Sammy's a registered nurse, and it was when she became a mum of three that she understood the need to help parents to know what to do in emergencies. Now, Sammy and I have been working together to get this content into the hands of parents. She presents the Get Confident with Choking course that's available on the ParentSense app. And today we get together to chat about the difference between choking and gagging, the common choking hazards around the house, and what to expect from her amazing online course. So stay with us as we chat to Sammy Davies for some sensible advice about choking. Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads just like you to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Makia every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Hi, mums and dads. It is wonderful, as always, to be here with you. Um, I love the fact that you join me weekly. If this is the first time that you've joined us, I am Meg Fora. I'm an occupational therapist with a special interest in babies, fussy babies, babies with sleep problems, feeding challenges. I'm a mum of three, and I really do know what it is like at the rock face of early motherhood. And each week I join you and you join me and we are usually joined by an expert or a new mum, one of the two, and we go through what the journey of being a new mum is, or when we invite experts to join us, we go through their topic of interest. And that's what we're doing tonight. We have actually got Sammy Davies with us and she is a qualified nurse in Australia. She's currently living in, in the UK and she is one of our course contributors on the Parent Sense app. Her area is choking, her specific course. I think she also does CPR. And I'm going to ask her to just give us a whole lot of information about who she is and how she came to be working with new mums. Hi, Meg. Thank you so much for having me here today, tonight. It's lovely to, to be invited. And I love getting these messages, you know, and all of this information out to parents. So so it's, it's a real honour to be here. But yeah, my name is Sammy and I have been teaching first aid to parents for the last five years. Uh, before that, I worked in Melbourne in Australia as a registered nurse and nursing is just so ingrained in everything I do. But I remember after three or four years at university, starting to work within the the, the coalface, I suppose, uh, looking mm -hmm. after patients. And I remember kind of that feeling of, oh my goodness, this is this is a big deal here. So that's why, you know, as nurses and as healthcare professionals, we believe in evidence-based practice, you know, mm -hmm. and that is not doing anything unless you know 100% the reasons as to why you're doing it, you know, whether it be from giving a medication or putting in an IV line. But that really, that kind of evidence base way of thinking really ingrained in me and almost became part of my DNA. So anything, you know, from there on looking forward into my time as a parent and, and as a first aid, I always think, why am I doing this? What's the evidence behind it? So that's kind of, you know, really did change my DNA and become such a part of me 
So uh, moving forward when I have my own children, of course, I'm thinking, why am I chopping up these grapes? You know, mm-hmm. why do I need a stair gate on these stairs? And that kind of led me down this path of becoming a first aid trainer, a teacher, giving parents these life-saving mm-hmm. skills. So so that's kind of where it all started happening. And then goes without saying that I'm a big research nerd. You know, if there's any, any new studies that come out, any evidence, I'm there reading it because I really do think that's the only way to practice. Yeah. So I kind of combine all of these things of that love of being a nerd, I suppose, and all my practical experience and my love of teaching into teaching parents these life-saving skills. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, being a mum. A mum, are you a oh, mum yeah. to two or three? Three, yes. Okay. Three little ones. And, yeah. and you know, I think when you become a new parent, I think you're absolutely terrified. And I can remember reading a wonderful article on it and it called, it had a term for this, which is the weight of responsibility. That sense that, you know, my gosh, this is the most precious thing in the world. And I'm given the responsibility of seeing it through to adulthood and I'm absolutely terrified. And it was actually, you know, Sammy, it's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm also a mum to three and I had a real challenge in my life with the fear of losing one of my children um, to the point that I actually saw a psychologist because for me, it was like, I just felt like, you know, that something could happen to one of them. And actually, I mean, in an interesting story, actually, we did have a, a situation where we almost lost, in fact, all three of my children and my husband all at once. It was an, a hugely unique situation where we were on a hiking on a mountain and I had stayed down a little bit further down the mountain and they had, had kind of gone up a little bit higher and they'd stumbled upon a bee's nest, but it was an African killer bee nest and we didn't know that. And obviously they got, they got stung. I mean, my son and my husband were stung seven hundred times and it was really terrifying all all of them were in ICU and I mean it was a real like hit and miss like we didn't know if they were going to survive and in fact it was a catalyst for me to then start to actually um, yeah just be a little bit more relaxed with them because I realized that we'd face the worst the one thing that you can't actually control for in life at all is a bee injury it's like it's it's the one I mean everything else you, you can wear water wings and avoid drowning you can avoid anything, but a bee, bee stings are the most unpredictable event. And when the most unpredictable event in the world happens and they still actually did survive, which was a miracle, um, you realize actually, you know, I started to feel okay, you know, that there certainly there was a, God's hand was in it because there's no other way that they would have survived it. But having mm-hmm. said that, I do think that through the rest of my life, Prior to that, I had tried to prepare myself very, very carefully for everything that I could control. And I think that's what's amazing about what you do, because yes, we couldn't control the bee incident, as we've come to call it, but there's a lot you can control in the household. And I think that's really why when you and I met in London last year, I was so very excited because I knew that the things that you share with parents are the things that help them to mitigate risk. And that's really what I want to chat about tonight. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry to hear about the bee story. That's horrific. I wonder if you've been hiking since as a family. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was crazy. And we have been hiking. And I genuinely can say that my anxiety decreased after that. Just, I think we, we saw a very, very good psychologist and she helped us all through it because it was a massive trauma. Okay. And it could have generalized into other types of, of phobias and fears, which it didn't mm-hmm. because we really, we debriefed well, we were managed well. But yeah, yeah there have been those incidents where, where yeah. yeah. I think, you you know, you've kind of hit the nail on the head and it's about controlling those controllables. Mm. I mean, there is so much as parents that we can't control, mm. but there is so much that we can control. Mm. So, mm. you know, knowing what to do in case anything ever went bad, you know, that's an important bit that, that when we put our head on the 
pillow finally yeah. at the end of the night. You know, we can actually relax and think, do you know what? I've got this. If something happened, I know exactly what to do. Exactly. And, that's, and what a gift, yeah. you know, that we can give parents by having that reassurance and that confidence as well that if something went bad, that their, their child is in really good hands. Well, I can really hear how you are articulating your why. I can see how passionate you are about it. Yeah. So what led you to setting up your business, teaching parents first aid right in the beginning? So uh, so I moved over from Australia. You know, I didn't have, at the time we had a three-month-old baby. I didn't know anyone. I'd lost my identity as it was by having children, let alone moving to a new country. Mm. But it was when we started feeding our, our boy that I realised that my husband had, had no idea of what to do if something was to go bad. So, you know, I really enjoyed seeing him down, teaching him through it, you know, getting yeah. a little doll that we had at the time and showing him what to do. And he kept on saying, oh, well, why would I do this? Why would I do that? And I just realised how much I'd missed that teaching and, mm. you know, what, what a perfect fit it was for me. So by the time I'd kind of taught him and then moved on to our extended family and friends, I thought, well, hang on a minute. You know, I think there really is a market for this because, they're, as we said, they're such important skills to know. So that got me started just teaching this on the weekends and the evenings when my husband was around looking after the young children. Uh, and I remember I, I was still teaching first aid to parents when I was kind of, you know, 38 weeks pregnant. And then I went back when my daughter, she was three three weeks old. So wow. it's been something that's kept me really sane throughout having three young kids and, you know, not a great deal of kind of support for me in terms of my family. So it's really kept me sane and and given me such strive, I suppose. Absolutely. And I guess in the beginning, it was all live courses and then probably COVID hit. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, so it's, it was always face-to-face to start off with. And then during COVID, I, I started to notice a big difference, as as I'm sure we all did. But the parents I was meet, that I was meeting, they were just so much more anxious. Mm. you know. And again, understandably, we, we all were. It was such a hard time. But as a first-time parent during COVID and lockdown, I mean, you can't imagine that. You can't you can't write that story, can you? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. horrible that, you know, they went without those supports and those face-to-face meetings. So, but one one topic that always comes up in first aid is the fear of choking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, with all the parents I speak to, that's normally the number one thing that always comes up is how worried people are about choking. So that made me think, oh, how can I support kind of in lockdown, support these parents? And that's when I started running live on Zoom courses just about choking, just so I could help these parents. And then soon enough, as we started to come out of lockdown, kind of mums and dads, they didn't want to give up their evenings anymore to be sitting down on Zoom. So that's when I turned into an online course that people can work through at their own time. If you enjoy my podcast, I would like to share one of my favorite podcasts with you, The Honest Hour. Christina Mazurik is mom to two boys and a third little boy on the way. She's an American expat living in Cape Town, South Africa since 2008 and decided to start sharing her experiences in parenting since 2017. Having grown up in a dysfunctional family environment in her own childhood, which led to her adoption at the age of 10, Christina is passionate about finding purpose and presence in parenting, as well as exploring our own opportunity for healing and personal growth as we navigate the world of parenting our own children. Christina believes in ending the trauma cycle and that in parenting our own children, we can learn how to reparent ourselves. So pop on over to Christina's podcast, The Honest Hour. 
And I've been through the course, obviously, with it going into the app. I very carefully curate all of the courses that go into the app. Every course that goes onto the app will only be ever be delivered by a medical professional or a registered psychologist. And so I went through your course and it was really, really, really incredible. It's very, very sensible, basic information, but, and yet I was just totally enlightened. So, I mean, it's an essential course and I'm really excited about it. One of the things that comes up very often with parents is you, you seeing your baby, you feeding them and your baby starts to choke or so you think they are. And often I've said to parents, don't worry about it because it actually probably isn't choking. It's probably gagging. And so I guess the very first question we do have to ask is, is gagging the same as choking or does gagging always lead to choking? And I'm so glad you asked because, again, it's such a common misconception. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what parents do is they, they type into a search engine, um, you know, YouTube baby gagging and what they're going to get up in those search results isn't always necessarily gagging or it's not necessarily choking so there's so much misunderstanding out there but really it is quite simple because gagging is just so much different to choking mm-hmm. it's completely different gagging as we know as you've alluded to it's so common nurse babies start to learn how to eat that gag reflex is so far forward in their mouth mm-hmm. so they gag really easily and that gagging sound you know it sounds horrible and the baby kind of looks quite distressed in the face but when they're gagging when they're making that horrible retching sound it's better than anything we can do so you know by gagging they're, they're moving that tongue further forward in their mouth so they can push that that lump of food you know further forward and then munch on a little bit more And they're also decreasing the size of their throat as well. So it's less likely that they will actually choke. So it sounds really bad and that's really important that we encourage them, that we stay with them, make sure it doesn't progress to anything worse. That that we, you know, take a big deep breath ourselves, just Mm. give them that time to kind of overcome that and, and move forward. Yeah, And then when they're exposed to different textures and they get better at eating, that gag reflex will move back, you know, and they'll gag less and less. But that's very, very different to choking. And of course, gagging won't always lead to choking as well. Mm. So I always have a, a spin on it where I look at the psychological and at the sensory because that's those are the hats that I wear. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the work that I had studied and, and so on. And the first part piece of it is the sensory that I'd like to mention is that some little ones are much more sensitive orally than other little ones. And for those of you who haven't done my sensory baby course, it is on the app and it is a phenomenal course because it helps you to understand what sensory personality your baby is. Now, mm-hmm. sensitive sensory babies actually have a much more activated gag reflex. And so for some little ones, they actually gag just about on their tongues or on milk or, you know, they, they really do gag very, very readily and particularly when they're new flavors. So it is something to be aware of mums because actually they're not choking. They're just gagging and that's a very sensitive oral area or, or you know, mouth area it can be, you know, in their case, a little, it'll lead to little ones who do gag an enormous amount. And the second thing that I want to mention with this is a psychological aspect, and that is that little ones reference all their emotions of their parents at this age. And so when they gag, they look to you. And if, if the look on your face is absolute fear and terror, and um, which of course is what you're feeling in your heart, your little one will learn that actually feeding is, is something that's unsafe or something that they shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be enjoying or, you know, something where they, where they could be in danger. And so it's very important that when you're watching your little one gag to remain present, as Sammy was saying, but also to remain calm 
um, and to just try and, you know, kind of fake it a little bit, you know, kind of just have that gentle smile on your face while they, while you're watching them until such time as they've managed to get, get the food to the front of the mouth and continue to eat because you don't want to be panicking and grabbing them out the high chair and, you know, and all of that type of thing, which could really disrupt the whole feeding process as well. Yeah, absolutely. That almost leads this vicious kind of cycle mm. where they're worried that they're going to worry you. You're worried that they're going to choke. Exactly. It's just setting up this thing that every meal time becomes a real worry. No, it's really terrifying. So sometimes, of course, it isn't gagging and sometimes it is actually choking. And that's where the terror sets in for all of us. I mean, I actually, um, Sammy, interestingly, I am telling you the two worst things that ever happened in my parenting life. <laughs> the B incident was one. And the other one was I was nine months pregnant with my second child. And so my first one was about 22 months old, or a little bit old, no, a little bit older than two, actually, two years, two months. And we were at a birthday party and I was very conscious, as most parents are, of not giving him, you know, all the hard candies. And so he took a handful of marshmallows and stuffed as many marshmallows as he possibly could into his mouth and choked on marshmallows. And I had no idea that marshmallows are one of the greatest choking risks because they expand as they go down the esophagus and they're not hard like sweets. They can't just pop out. I had tried everything to get this, these marshmallows up and he eventually was going blue. And thank goodness a friend of mine's um, husband had worked when he was much younger in in, um, in an ambulance, actually, like mm-hmm. years before. And he grabbed James and he started to do some, some um, you know, some of what you're going to tell us, first aid. Mm-hmm. And James eventually brought up the marshmallow. But by the time he brought it up, he was thoroughly blue. And it was, without yeah. question, the most terrifying parenting moment, probably along with the bee incident. And so I wanted to ask you, why is it so important that parents do develop skills in managing choking and what should they be doing in circumstances like this? I think the number one thing is just knowing what to do because Mm. then it does help with that confidence. And like we said, if something wants to happen, if you saw, you know, your child going blue, as you've just described, you can step in knowing that absolutely Mm. you've got this. So that is such such a big part of it. So knowing that difference between gagging and that choking, mm-hmm. you know, and that absolutely sounds like, you know, horrific incident. And and as you said, you know, we know that marshmallows are so high over the risk factors of choking foods because of that simple thing. They get and, soft and squishy. And, and parents don't know that. You know that. I mean, that's, um, Sammy, one of the best things about your course. I mean, there were so many incredible nuggets, but one of them was what are your danger foods? And, yeah. um, you know, if I was a parent and probably a lot of the parents who are listening now are in shock that marshmallows have any risk because they're soft and mushy. And of course they do come up, you mentioned them in the course and I am firsthand experienced that yes, they're not safe. And there are lots of other foods that parents don't think about that you do mention in your course. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, even you've got kind of thinking about older children who might be on social media and be on TikTok and things like that. Like, you know, there's one of these crazes that you're stuffing as many marshmallows as you can into your mouth, oh, gosh. fluffy bunnies or something like yeah. that, you know. And you just, if you knew that marshmallows were such a risk, mm-hmm. you'd just, wouldn't, it's just it about allow informing. It. That's it. Yeah, so it's yeah. about, you know, kind of empowering yourself with that 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 information. Yeah. Popcorn as well. I'm going to mention that while I've got yeah. you, Meg, because a lot of people don't realise no, popcorn either. No yeah. You know, that's, you know, marked as kind of a, you know, a healthy alternative for, for toddlers. But because with popcorn, every kernel is so different to the one before, you know, and then you've got all those little bits of popcorn that aren't even popped. Yeah. So so that's a, that's a real big risk as well. So, so generally we say kind of no popcorn before the age of about four or five years old so that's really interesting to note so so knowing what knowing what to do having the confidence in yourself so you can take that big breath and as as you said kind of fake it until you make it and just step in and and do something because we know if someone
someone's choking and and the real big difference with that choking is that it's silent so mm-hmm. not like gagging or coughing where we can hear a sound when it's that choking instant mm-hmm. you know that medical emergency that silence and the mm-hmm. reason for that is that that obstruction goes a whole the whole way across the airway and they can't run any air over their vocal cord Mm. So we're, we're stepping in them when it's silent and, as you said, they'll be changing colour in their face, whether that's blue, deep purple or a pale colour, something different. And also they're really panicked in the in the face as mm. well because they're not breathing. So when we see and hear or don't hear those things, that's when we've got to step in. Mm. So I think it's really important to say, I know it does kind of you think it will come naturally, but calling out for help, you know, someone around you can help get those emergency services on the way, that that's never going to be a bad thing. You know, mm. if it was a choking incident and you've got a child choking, if you manage to clear that obstruction, well, you can let the ambulance service know, you know, they can still mm. come up, come mm. over and check out the casualty, mm. but just to get them, you know, mm. get the wheels in motion, so to speak, and so call out for help as soon as possible. And then so after you've identified it, have a look in the mouth, see if you can see anything to grab anything out. And then into our first maneuver, which is the Mm. the back blows. Mm. Yeah. Well, you've given us so many pieces of what comes up in your course. And I mean, it is with so much more information because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the course is how many masterclasses are in your course? Are there three? So so there's five. Five. Five different modules. Yeah. Yeah. So we walk through, you know, what is choking? Because mm. if you can understand the fundamental kind of anatomical differences as mm. to why choking is so much different to gagging and different, you know, to coughing, then that does help, you know, mm. make it all sink in in your head and you can remember it, you know, for years to come. So we cover that and obviously we talk about high-risk choking foods. Then we talk about identifying someone who's choking, managing them. So obviously we cover everyone really from babies, children, toddlers, all the way through to adults because, mm-hmm. you know, we're learning it. we may as well. And then we also cover CPR, which is a really, really scary, confronting topic for parents. Mm-hmm. But again, for all it's of essential. those reasons, exactly, mm-hmm. that's absolutely essential. You know, and I've, I've kind of been working on the front line and seen how important, you know, first aid within the community is. Mm. So, and I, but but I'm a parent too, so I get how scary it is. So mm. everything is taught in a really, really friendly way because, again, that's the only way you're going to learn it. Yeah, and it's got these five master classes. And then, do the parents get any time with you as well? Do you have any interaction with parents on your course? Yes. So there's opportunity to ask questions as we go along within the course. There's also a WhatsApp group as well um, that's set up. And then, if if parents want to, they can come along to an hour long Zoom session with me live, ask any questions, go through the techniques again. Sometimes it's it's easier to do things real time. So there's that opportunity as well. That's brilliant. It really is the most exceptional course. And if I was a new mum and I'm listening now, who is this aimed at? Is it aimed at um, kind of mums of newborns? Should you be doing it when you're pregnant? Or, you know, who is it aimed at? I mean, these skills are so essential that anybody could do it at any time. They've got a lot of grandparents as well that, that come along yes. because they, they'll be looking after the baby. So, so really it is aimed at absolutely everyone. But there are a small percentage of people who choking does really, really frighten them, you know. So, of course, I would absolutely urge if there's anybody like that listening, do come along mm. because you will walk away with all of those skills you need. But I've had someone who's had to, you know, have professional support for her fear of choking and, you know, coming along and learning the skills really helped with her progress. And mm-hmm. she's now not worried, now can give her baby solid. So mm-hmm. that was that was incredible to see that transformation as well. This episode is brought to us by Parent Sense. 
the all-in-one baby and parenting app that helps you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. That's brilliant. Well, you know, I'm from South Africa originally, and we're very fortunate in South Africa where we have a very strong nanny culture because we have a high level of unemployment. So we have a lot, most of us actually have nannies in our homes, regardless of of kind of what LSM we're in. Mm-hmm. And it was always a requirement for me and for most mums in South Africa that our nannies had had um, choking and CPR training because they're the ones at the rock face. And they certainly are ones that should be on this course because it really is just so practical and so accessible. And, and I think the way you teach it is, is just incredible. So um, like you say, it really is aimed at everybody. That's right. And also along with the the course, you get a a downloadable kind of workbook Mm. because I'm a very visual learner. So being able to write things down as I go along and then to keep that as a reference point to Mm. always come back to, I think that's really important as well. Yes, no. And your workbook is absolutely incredible. It really is something that I certainly would have printed if I was doing it for the first time, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So that's incredible. I mean, we've covered off a lot about choking. I have mentioned obviously the bee incident, but there are many other kind of safety risks that we have for little ones. And I guess what I'd love to do just in the last few minutes that we're together is for you to highlight the things that you think are safety tips that are very important for new parents. I think I would always recommend literally get on your hands and feet and crawl around the house and see what you can see, mm-hmm. see what you can reach, um, see what's available to you. I can guarantee that you know a lot of people listening to this might be storing their dishwasher tablets or their laundry tablets, mm-hmm. you know, those little really concentrated capsules. They'll be storing those somewhere inappropriate. Maybe that's under the kitchen sink. And up until now, that's been absolutely fine. But when you've got a baby who's starting to crawl, you know, that's not the best mm. spot anymore. So anything like that, make sure it's up and away. It's not worth turning your back for a moment and having that worry. Mm. If, if nothing else, just eliminate that. But even if your kids are good and they know not to go in that cupboard, what about later on when they've got friends over? So it's just, in my mind, it's better just to eliminate risks. Mm. You know, button batteries, they've been in the media a real lot recently too, mm. you know, and those lithium batteries. So if you've got those in the house, I'm not saying chuck everything that has a button battery out, but just know where they are and make mm-hmm. sure any batteries are stored really, really appropriately. And are those button batteries dangerous from a choking perspective or also just toxic? Well, I mean, they are a perfect size for choking, but it really, when we think about those types of batteries, it is more that release of caustic soda. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they come into contact with bodily fluids, i.e. in the mouth, that starts that caustic soda production. And then it would, if that child was to swallow it, would burn the whole way down. Mm. So most products, most toys that we buy from the shop, they have gone through all the safety regulations and, and they'll be absolutely fine. But the ones that we might be getting from the internet, from, from mm. overseas that haven't been safety checked, that that becomes a worry. Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. It's enough to make your blood run cold, all these risks for our babies. And of course, it's a very small percentage that do run into any troubles. But I do think it is always, I mean, I know, I know it's the old girl guide adage, but it is better to be prepared. And I think that, that your course is really going to do that for parents. So 
Thank you so, so much, Sammy, because your contribution is amazing. And mums and dads, if you haven't done it, the um, choking course, Sammy Davies choking course, the Happy Hearts choking course is available on the Parent Sense app. You go and download it there. Sammy, what price is it? So it is £21. Um, and I'm not sure what in rounds other... of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, <laughs> no problem. We'll 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 do the, the conversion will be available on the app for you, depending on which territory you're in. But twenty one pounds is approximately about four hundred rand, and that'll be be available. It'll be one of the best investments you make. And yeah, so Sammy, thank you so much for collaborating with us, and I look forward to working lots more with you. I think there are a whole lot more courses that are going to be taught by you in the future. Well, thank you, Meg. It's been it's been a pleasure, and thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.